I'm telling you, when you have the Holy Spirit, Hallelujah. he'll take seven or eight people and make them sound like they're 20. Hallelujah. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I'm talking about the Holy Ghost. That's what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. Praise God's holy name. Come with us now to the New Testament Gospel of Luke. Dr. Luke. Chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. And as you have the word in front of you, are you ready to listen to the word? I ask you to stand if you're able, out of respect for God's holy, holy word. And to listen now for the word of the Lord. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit returned from the Jordan and was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, it is written, one does not live by bread alone. But then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, to you I will give their glory and all this authority. For it has been given over to me, and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will Worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written that he will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against the stone. And Jesus answered him, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until another opportune time. The word of God for the people of God. You may be seated.
Look at someone and smile this morning. Did you smile at somebody? Amen. Aren't you beautiful? Now say to them, neighbor, just say no. Look at somebody else and say, just say no. Pray with me, almighty and everlasting father, as I stand before your children. Lord, please allow the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O oh Lord, for you are my strength and you are my redeemer. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I pray it. Let the church say, amen, 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 amen. When I was growing up, they used to sing a hymn. I think I know every hymn in the Methodist hymnal from when I was growing up. It's a new day. And the hymn was, yield not to temptation, for yielding is sin. Now, now as a little girl, I didn't have no idea what they was talking about. What is temptations? Well, beloved, the very, very soul of Christianity, the, the very heart of all we do and say as Christian lies in our ability, especially today, to overcome temptations that will pull us into a world of sin. Oh, we can say we say sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. But until we demonstrate it through the capacity to conquer the temptations and all the enticements and the attractions and the excitement of our world today, we will not be victorious over the enemy. Somebody say amen. Heard a preacher say one time that you know, in seminary, sometimes you have these professors that they say want to demythify the word of God, which means they want to say that some things in the word are myth and not real. So there were some professors who would say to you, you know, the devil is a myth. <laughs> and so a preacher got up one day, he said, you know, I believed that for a while until I became the pastor of a church. And the devil was the head of the deacon board. <laughs> One of our bishops said the greatest lie the devil ever told the United Methodist Church is that he does not exist. The devil is a liar in Jesus' name. So our gospel lesson tells us that after Jesus had been filled with the Holy Spirit just 
Just on in chapter 3 in this same gospel, it says that Jesus went to be baptized by his cousin John the Baptist. And after his baptism coming up out of the water, he heard the voice of his father saying, You are my dear son in whom I am well pleased. Oh, Jesus was on a Holy Ghost high. Coming from that experience... Filled with the Holy Spirit during his baptism at the River Jordan. And after hearing the voice of God. The Holy Spirit himself. After all of this. Immediately. He didn't wait a while. Immediately the Holy Spirit led Jesus out into the wilderness of Judea. From this emotional high, Jesus went into 40 of the most difficult days in his life. You see, Jesus needed to spend some time alone with God. And God will do whatever he has to do to get you alone. Somebody say amen. Oh, he had to be led away from the crowds and away from his family and away from his friends. He had to get alone with God in the wilderness. Oh, if we want God to prepare us for our journey with him, we need to spend some quiet time with him. Alone. Our scripture lesson says that Jesus spent about six weeks without food in the wilderness. I, I remember many years ago when I decided for Lent to go on a diet with no solid food. Now I'm going to confess that, that I did that for 40 days. I even found myself in New Orleans during those 40 days. I didn't touch no food. I was on a liquid diet for 40 days. I said I did that. Now, what I want to confess is I have never done that again. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus. Woo, I'm telling you, 40 days, six weeks without food, Jesus was in the wilderness. It, 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 it is a 40, 425 square mile desert between the Dead Sea and Jerusalem. And to this day, it's mostly uninhibited, it's desolate place with a large hills and deep ravines and dry, crusty soil, minimal vegetation and dangers everywhere. But Luke 4, chapter 1 through verse 1 through 13 tells us about what happened in the wilderness with Jesus. We learn that Satan, the devil, the accuser, this is his description, the author of lies. The one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He appeared to Jesus and repeatedly tested him in a series of temptations. Look at your neighbor and say, devil don't give up quick. So, so let's take a look at this lesson. Now we give up quicker than the devil, tell you the truth. <laughs> and let's take a look at this lesson in order to understand how we too can deal with temptations. Look at your neighbor and say, yield not. To temptation. Look at somebody else say, for yielding, for yielding is, sin. is sin. 
So let's look at this. Temptation one. Temptation one was, if we put it together, it was about self-gratification. Self-gratification. Satan said, if you are the son of God, then tell this stone to become bread. You see, it was a temptation to self-gratification. Jesus was hungry. Yes, he was hungry. He had eaten for more than a month. Bread sounded real good. He needed bread to strengthen his body. But like many temptations, there's a difference between the surface and what lies underneath. I'm just waiting for the church to get out of the three-foot water and go into the deep. That's all. I'm, I'm waiting for the church to get off the surface and go underneath. On the surface, it sounded like a simple suggestion for Jesus to use his supernatural power to, to change a limestone rock into a similar-sized loaf of bread to eat. Jesus knew he could do it. <laughs> the devil knew he could do it. But there was more to it than that. You see, Satan wanted Jesus to use his supernatural power for himself rather than for others. Experts say we're living in an age of narcissism where we are just obsessed with ourselves. You know, narcissists fall in love with themselves. Can, we, can, we can think about self-gratification. We, we self-gratify all the time. And when we want it, we want it. That's why we buy microwaves. We don't even want to wait. <laughs> when you want to eat and self-gratify your body, we eat. That's why Americans are overweight. We are about self-gratification. Somebody say amen. You know you don't need to be stopping at McDonald's. You know you need to go home and cook your own fresh meal. Hallelujah, hallelujah. But we're tired and we don't feel like it, and a Big Mac tastes good. <laughs> Self-gratification. Churches stay the way they are because they don't want nobody else. They get a self-gratification from coming in here and somebody know your name. Self-gratification. It's a sin. You see, he wanted Jesus to become self-centered and materialist and greedy, who used his resources to provide just for himself, me, myself, and I. Whatever he wanted and to get whatever he wanted. Because you see, Jesus, like I said, he had the supernatural power to do that. Satan tempted Jesus to say that his physical needs were greater and more important than his spiritual needs. Satan wanted Jesus to refocus on himself, focus on what he needed, focus on what he wanted, rather than focus on his mission from God, his assignment from God, and what God had sent him to do. The devil wanted Jesus to focus on his will rather than God's will for his life. Oh, it's not what we want, beloved. The question is, what does God want? 
And so, beloved, opportunities to sin are endless. So they had every turn. And, and since human nature isn't getting any better with age, nor are we developing an immunity to, <laughs> to the corrupt appetites of our flesh, we need to understand the power of Jesus to help us become overcomers. Survey says that 82% of Americans believe that most of us buy and consume far more than we need. We have clothes hanging up that we haven't put on in a long time. Thinking we're going to get back to that size. <laughs> Baby, is somebody can wear that size right now who ain't got no clothes. Somebody help me up in here. Help me up in here. Oh, I've been there so many times. I, I've been every size in the book. And I probably have every size in the book hanging up in my closet. We always want more than we need. We can't get enough. Look at your neighbor and say, don't do it. <laughs> Just say no. Child of God, the devil tempted Jesus, but Jesus stood his ground. And he refused. Jesus answered with the word of God. Jesus said, it is written, man does not live on bread alone. Jesus never denied his hunger, but Jesus insisted that he would not use his power for his personal benefit and refused to make what he wanted and what he needed the most important thing in the world. My beloved, life's meaning and satisfaction is not based on what we eat or what we wear, where we live or what we own. We are first and foremost spiritual beings. That's why drugs are running rampant. People are looking for something that only God can give. Their souls are empty. And they're searching for some kind of self-gratification that'll give them peace. Self-gratification will get you addicted to stuff that will kill you. So the real meaning of our lives comes from God, not from each other, not from our jobs, not from our wants, and not from our things. Jesus said no to the devil. Yeah, I'm hungry. But I will not use my power just for myself. So Satan gave up on that one. But he ain't through. He's never through. So then there was temptation number two, first self-gratification, and then the other temptation is to compromise. Tell your neighbor, say, don't compromise. Luke 4, 5 through 8 says, the devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to Jesus, I will give you all the authority and splendor for it has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. So if you worship me, it'll be yours. Never get jealous of people who have things and are not saved. Oh, Jesus, help me up in here. Beloved, the devil arrogantly hoped to succeed in his rebellion against God by diverting Jesus from his God-given mission and winning the worship of the devil. In other words, the devil is saying, the world is mine, Jesus, not God's. And if you hope to do anything worthwhile down here, you better recognize. Jesus didn't even argue with the devil. 
He didn't say, okay, I'm going to argue with you. I'm going to tell you who owns the world. But Jesus refused to compromise and to take the easy way out by worshiping the devil. Jesus knew that he would redeem the world. He would redeem the whole world through giving up his life on an old, rugged cross. My, my, that would say, Jesus, I can make your way easy. I can give you all the material things you want. You won't ever have to suffer, Jesus, if you worship me. But that's not what God had told Jesus to do. Jesus was so filled with the Holy Ghost. And, and Jesus' greatest desire was to please God without compromise. It ought to be a Christian's greatest desire to please God without so Jesus answered, it's written, worship the Lord our God and serve him only. Jesus insisted that there is only one God, there is only one right way, God's way, that God is God all by himself. Right is right, wrong is wrong. He would never compromise with evil. Look at your neighbor and say, don't compromise. Well, just this one time, what can it hurt? That's what compromise is. Just, just, just this one time. What could it hurt? Now, I don't want to tell nobody that they wrong according to God's word. We're not here to judge. We will let people die because we don't want to hurt their feelings. We will let a world go any kind of way, and the church never opens her mouth about sin. Today, we don't want the trouble. We compromise because compromising makes it easy on us. Nobody ever told us it was going to be easy to be a Christian. In fact, it's easier to compromise. The Bible says, forsake not the assembly, which means go to church. Well, people say, God know my heart. I don't want to go to church. And so what do they do? Watch church on the TV. Compromise. God said, get up just like you do to go to work. Put your clothes on like you do to go to work. Forsake not the assembly. Keep the Sabbath day Holy, put the dominoes and the drinks up on a Sunday. <laughs> Get out the front yard and go to church. Everybody addicted to drugs have said, I'll try it one time. Let me tell you something. When I was a social worker, I was a social worker for years. When they told me I couldn't be a preacher, so I went to college and majored in sociology. But I couldn't go to college and be a preacher, so anyway. I have seen so many people, the effects of drugs. Oh, my God, I've seen heroin and crack cocaine, methamphetamine. I would never, I'm scared to death, I'd never touch it. Never, because... If somebody else can get hooked, so can I. Do not compromise.
compromise and say, it won't get me. Oh, yes, it will. I'm going to try one time. One time is all it takes. Some things you stay away from and say no to because you don't want the after effects. Say no to things that will destroy you as a human being. Then there's us, beloved. What's our price for doing wrong? What would we compromise with evil? For some, it's money. For others, it's recognition. For some, it's sex. For some, it's temporary happiness. Say no to every temptation to compromise, even if it seems good at the time. Don't do it. Look at your neighbor. Just don't do it. And so Jesus resisted, resisted the temptation to compromise. Self-gratification, compromise. And now the third one, popularity. Somebody say popularity. Oh, the devil didn't quit. He tried a third time tempting Jesus with popularity. It amazes me. People just love to be popular. Now, if I wanted to be popular, it would be with a whole lot of people. If I wanted to be popular, I'd want to be popular with millions and millions of people. But I've seen people be popular with two or three. They just want to be popular. They don't care. Luke 4, 9 through 12 says, The devil led Jesus to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. And he said, If you're the Son of God, Throw yourself down from here, for it's written that he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, it is written, do not put the Lord God to the test now. Now, this was a smart temptation going right to the heart of our human instincts because we all have a deep desire and a need to be acknowledged and accepted and loved by others. Popularity is a powerful temptation. Our culture is saturated with the need to be seen and to connect with other people. We walking around the street still doing Facebook, getting hit by a car because we want to connect with other people. We go home and ought to be praying, but we got to check the Facebook to see who we can connecting with other people. It's gotten all out of hand. One of the things that well, I'm not going to somebody tried to put me on Facebook and all them people came up talking about they know me. I'm going, oh, stop it. Oh, Lord Jesus. I don't like a lot of people in my business. Now, to some people, they would say, Pastor, you ain't got no business to be in. Somebody did tell me that one time. Popular. Satan took Jesus to the highest point in Jerusalem between the height of the temple and the depth of the valley. It was about 450 feet from the top of the temple to the valley floor. Jesus stood on top. People would gather at the bottom looking up to see what Jesus was going to do. <laughs> and if Jesus had jumped and nothing happened to him, if he jumped and fell and then got up and walked away, Wow, it's all about popularity. The people would be mesmerized. Jesus would become the most popular man in Jerusalem. Everything would want to meet him, touch him, get to know him. Jesus would be the man of the year. King James wouldn't have nothing on him. 
Don't act like you don't know who I'm talking about. <laughs> y'all getting more excited if I said he was coming to church than Jesus. Some of y'all. <laughs> I said King James going to be here today. Ooh, Jesus. Everyone would want to follow Jesus. He would have trillion hits on the internet. The whole thing would go viral. Everything would, everybody would love and admire Jesus if he had just pulled the stunt that he was certainly capable of. Popularity is a real today. Be careful what you do to get it. Look at your name and say, don't do it. Oh, but as I am, but look, look at this again. The devil quoted the scripture. Now remember now, the devil knows the scripture. And the devil will play this. He will impress you with the scripture. He just won't say the scripture. He'll give you the address for the scripture. You think, oh, man, they know the word. The devil knows the scriptures. He uses them, what we call in seminary, to proof text. That means to prove a point with the scripture, without knowing the context of the scripture, without knowing the why, the when, the it, and without even having the ability to exegete the scripture. He'll throw a scripture on you, tell you where you can find it, and say, but the word says the devil is a lie. Watch it. Watch it. So he used a portion of one of my favorite scriptures. Psalm 91, 11 through 12, he begins, if you are the son of God, then the Bible says, throw yourself down from here. For it is written in the word that he will, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully, and they will lift you up in their hands so, so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Here the devil was misinterpreting the scripture. Because the intention of Psalm 91 is to show God's protection of his people. Not to incite them to use God's power for sensational or foolish displays. Don't test God by walking out in the ongoing traffic. If the light was red. And then blame God for you getting hit by a car. Hear this. Jesus was tempted after all he'd been a long time since he'd experienced popularity. We need to learn from Jesus this morning. Those of us who believe in God and totally trust him will respond with Jesus and say, I refuse to put God to the test. I don't have to jump. I don't have to show off. I don't have to work. I don't have to do nothing to show people that God is real, but know God for myself. I know that God is real. I ain't got to show you. I know God loves me. You ain't got to tell me that you don't. I don't care. I know God counts me as important. I know God wants to love me to death. I'm not going to put God to the test. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Beloved child of God, our, our Jesus resisted evil. He won big time, but the devil would be back again, and it's like that with us. Resisting sin does not mean that sin won't come and entice you again. But don't let your guard down. 
when you become a Christian for a long time, think you got it going on, don't let your guard down. The biggest coup for the devil today in the world is the church of Jesus Christ. Because he has the rest of the world. The coup for the devil is to mess with God's church. Temptations always return at the opportune time. So, so what's your temptation? I'm, I'm, I'm just asking. You can keep it to yourself. I really ain't that nose out. I get enough TMI, believe me, as a pastor, believe me, I do. What's your temptation? Is it money or greed? Is it sex or pride, popularity, self-pity, loneliness, restlessness, impatience, weakness? Think about it. If the devil wanted to do you in, how would he tempt you to destroy you, beloved? Because remember, he'll always try to make you think. That it's a good thing. He'll always try to make you think it tastes good. He'll always make you think it feels good. He always make you think it's good for you. Let me help you out. Don't do it. Just say no. It has to be more important to me that I say no to sin because God hates sin than it is for me to deal with my own self-gratification. Just say no. Don't do it. Don't give in. You need to learn to quote the word of God. The Bible will let the Holy Spirit control you to do the right thing, resist evil, and be like Jesus Fight the devil with the word of God. Say, devil, I know you messing with me, but it is written that greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Submit yourself to God, the word says. Resist the devil and he will flee. It's written, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for somebody to devour. Resist him. Stand firm in the faith. It's written, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. It's written, all things we are more than conquerors. Through him who loves us, it's written, but the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. It's written, behold, I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. It's written, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. Yield not to temptation. Just say no. Because victory is mine. Victory is mine. I told Satan, get thee behind. I'm sick of you, Satan. Victory today is mine. Give the Lord a hand praise. He's worthy. Victory.
is mine. Don't forget the power God has given you as a child of Almighty God. Victory is mine. I told Satan, get thee behind. Victory today is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. What did he say? I told Satan, get thee behind. Victory today is mine. Victory is mine. Stand to your feet. Victory is mine. Stand to your feet. Victory today is mine. What did you say? I told Satan.